Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So I have some creepy reoccurring dreams that people have had. Ooh. Okay, first one. I used to have the same dream about once a year from my early 20s up to the age of 30. I would be driving in the rain, a pickup truck would veer in front of me, and I'd slam on the brakes. I'd wake up right at the point of impact, though it wasn't exactly the same image as I had dreamed in real life. I was eventually hit by a wrong-way driver in a pickup truck while it was raining. I stopped having that dream after that. Ooh. That's weird. That's creepy. Next one in my dream, it's late at night, and I'm alone in my childhood house reading a book. Suddenly, I hear a knock at the door. I always get the sense that I should not open the door, so I don't. I even go into the bathroom and lock the door to hide. But the knocks get louder and louder, and suddenly everything goes black, and I feel sharp nails running down my back. That's always where I, where I wake up. I've had this dream since I was seven. I usually have it at least three times a year. Hmm. What is that? I wonder if they've ever checked their back. I don't know. After they wake up. I would think so. Huh. They didn't say, though. Next one, I have the dream that all my teeth fall out, or when I had braces that my teeth would dissolve, but the braces stayed. All my senses are on board when I have this dream because it feels like my teeth are falling out, and I think it's real. I hate it. Yeah, that would be disturbing. I think they say if if you have a dream that your teeth are falling out, it's like there's something about your life that you feel out of control. Hmm. I don't know. Next one, I have a very disturbing reoccurring dream where I'm a member of Franklin's Lost Expedition in 1845. (laughs) This dream has gone on my whole life. I starved to death and was buried next to John Torrington. I see everything these men saw on this horrendous voyage. The sickness, the cold winds blowing, the ice all around the ship, food running out, no warmth to be found. It deeply scares me when I wake up after that dream. I have no idea why I have this horrendous dream, but it is what it is. Reincarnation? That is absolutely reincarnation. Mm -hmm. Crazy. My boss was making fun of me and uh, Chris this week because we started watching this uh, TV series on Amazon. Uh And it was about little kids that remember like past lives or whatever and for some reason she started talking about it and he was there and you know he's one of those that it he don't he don't believe it yeah. you know and we're sitting there trying to explain it to him and he's just you know oh that irritates me because there's like proof of that stuff and you know i had to tell him of course i don't believe every single one i hear right. you know but there's got there's so many exactly that there's got to be not everybody is making it up. I'm sorry. Right, right. And yeah. if one of these stories is real, yeah, just one. Yeah, that's all it takes. That that changes everything. Yeah. So yeah, it's fun to think about. And I had to tell them, I'm like, not everything is black and white. Exactly. That's not <laughs> how the world is. Exactly. Uh, next one, when I was a kid, approximately eight or nine, I used to live in an apartment with my parents and my grandparents lived on the floor below. Anyway, I had this reoccurring dream for at least a year where I was playing in the house and suddenly ran downstairs to my grandparents' apartment. I had this urge to go there to go to their bathroom, and once I opened the door, I would find a dead body there, lying between the sink and the toilet. This corpse didn't look familiar at all. Actually, its facial features were blurred, but its clothes were ragged and its skin was pale and grayish, so I could tell it had been in the bathroom for a long time. The most unsettling thing was that as soon as I yelled for help, it was like I couldn't be heard or even seen. My grandpa would be lying in his bed watching TV, and my grandma would be cooking in the kitchen absolutely unbothered, like they couldn't care less if I was there or not. Hmm. Interesting. Next one, it's been a while, but I used to dream about having to use the bathroom in a public place very often. I'd go into the bathroom and... And the stalls would have multiple toilets facing each other or would be placed right next to one another. There'd be no doors on the stalls or there'd be doors that really serve no purpose, like too small to have any privacy. 
The bathroom floor would be covered in pools of water. There's overflowing toilets and sinks, and there's water dripping and flowing in different areas of the ceiling. It was really creepy to me, so it's it's really creepy to me and just so incredibly odd. One of my best friends told me later in life that she had similar dreams, but we never shared this dream until they stopped for both of us. I have had so many dreams like that, and you know why? Why? Because I had to pee so bad. I've had dreams like that, too. There, Where, you know, you have to pee really bad in your dream. Yeah, so you go to the bathroom. the toilets are all disgusting, yeah. or there's something wrong with them, or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, I just need to pee. <laughs> so, and then I finally wake up, and I'm like, oh, thank God. And I get up and go to the bathroom. I have those all the time. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah, they're awful. I've had that before. <laughs> <laughs> so just go to the bathroom before you go to bed well i do that i'm talking to this person oh. because they've had this dream way too much <laughs> all right i have a reoccurring dream that i'm in a 1970s lincoln continental it's dark green and it has the rounded trunk that says continental across it i'm not the i'm not a car person so i don't know why this is so specific in my dream Everything about the car is very detailed. The bench seat, click of the lap belt, the gear shift on the column, and the hard steering wheel. In my dream, I'm driving too fast over a hill. At the bottom of the hill is a river with a bridge over it. The Lincoln catches air going over the hill. I can feel myself flying through the air toward the river. I get that feeling in my stomach like when you're on a roller coaster. I always miss the bridge and eventually wake up as the car slams into the river. If I don't wake up on the impact, I wake up as the continental emblem of the trunk sinks beneath the surface of the water. I'm 36, and I've had this dream since I was a teenager. Hmm. I, again, think that is reincarnation. Past life, yeah. Yeah. Someone was extremely proud of their brand new car. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a young guy. Yeah. And was driving way too fast. Yep. I have a really gross reoccurring dream. It's basically me uncontrollably vomiting rocks. <laughs> they just keep coming out. I'm mortified because people around there are people around me and I'm trying to make it to the trash can. The worst is sometimes instead of rocks, it's feces. Ugh. And it clogs my mouth and I have to dig it out with my fingers. I keep trying over and over to apologize to everyone. I have this dream when I'm in a really bad place mentally it's been going on for 20 plus years. Oh my god. That is awful. That is horrifying. Ugh. Not cool. Do not like that. One. <laughs> I've had this dream regularly after giving birth to my daughter. She is a toddler and we use our bathroom our upstairs bathroom together. She's obsessed with opening and shutting the door multiple times. A portal suddenly opens on the fifth open/shut. I call my husband up to check it out. It's full, extended to the floor above the bathroom door frame with a ladder that extends down. We both climb the ladder and peep in this room to see a beautifully decorated sitting room with a large bay window. My husband fully ascends the ladder and takes a look inside. Our toddler suddenly opens and shuts the door and boom, the portal's gone. I begin to panic and try to reopen the portal with the door open shut sequence but i cannot get it to open again my toddler and i hold on to hold each other on the floor screaming his name and crying the bat the dream is so real i can feel tears rolling down my cheeks it's probably about my fear of having my husband die he's the best partner and father i'd be lost without him yeah that's what it sounds like yeah this recurring dream only happens when i'm sleeping next to a window it's me and my old elementary school in Illinois. I'm on the second floor balcony, even though my old school never had a balcony. And the ground floor is completely filled with water and man-eating sharks. I get so scared that I run to this one door. When I open the door, it leads outside to a foggy area under a tree in a cemetery. There, I see everyone I've ever known at a funeral. And when I look in the casket, it's a younger version of myself. It's so scary that every time I have it, I wake up crying. I don't know why I get this nightmare. That sounds scary. Mm-hmm. Next one, I've had multiple reoccurring the dream themes, and these are the ones I see most often. 
One, violently screaming at my mother, sometimes even hitting her, telling her I hate her. It seems so real and visceral in my dream, but when I'm awake, I actually have a good relationship with her. I've had this sort of nightmare since I was four, and I've never understood why. Two, I often dream that I'm in a speeding car and I can't press the brake hard enough to stop or slow it down. Three, I've also had unsettling dreams where I'm trying to scream, but no sound comes out. These always leave me shaken. And four, like many people, I've often dreamed about my teeth falling out. Sometimes they're just a little loose in my mouth and when I'm trying to keep myself from wiggling them with my tongue. Other times, there's just a bunch of marbles in my mouth, and I'm terrified that I'll remain toothless. (laughs) Next one is not exactly a dream, but rather a hallucination I get when I immediately wake up. For years, I've had telltale signs that I'm too too stressed. I would fall asleep with no memory of even falling asleep. Then as soon as I opened my eyes, I would see a spider hanging in my face. I would immediately hop out of bed and look for it, but I've never found it. Then I started reflecting on what was happening in my life, and it's always when I'm highly stressed. Hmm. I think that has a lot to do with dreams, like especially reoccurring dreams. You got to look at what's going on in your life, like at those times. Yeah. Next one, since I was a kid, I've had this reoccurring nightmare. It's a mixture of reality and the original Resident Evil video game from back in the day. A group of friends and I are being chased by a killer around this house as we try to make our way to the top. It starts off with something simple, such as us trying to walk up the stairs, when a window suddenly appears and zombies pop out and attack a group member. One by one, we all eventually end up dead, either by the killer or random zombies hidden around. At the end, I would get to the top of the house to the end of the dream and escape, and that's when a killer would get me at the last minute. I let out a scream right before I die, and then, boom, the dream starts over as if on a loop. By the third or fourth time around in the dream, I become somewhat conscious in my dream and beg for someone to wake me up. The dreams aren't as frequent since I've gotten older, but still freaks me out when I have it. That is something, I think they were scared of that dream, or the video game, the first time they played it, and it stuck with them. I could see it. I remember I used to watch uh, Eric play it. Oh yeah, because you know I wasn't a gamer. Or yeah, anything, I like to watch, but I would play. sit there while he played it yeah. and help him with like the clues and stuff. And there were a few times where I jumped. Really? Yeah, it's when the big dude like storms through a freaking wall oh, or yeah, something. I've never you know? seen any of those. Those were mine for the oh. beginning. Okay, this week I did. I got um cryptid encounters uh i got it from a book by gd pickering okay goddamn pickering (laughs) (laughs) okay this is just titled gary's encounter okay when i was about four or five years old a very very long time ago (laughs) we lived at the south end of a coastal georgia town on a dirt road there was one other house in the area and a sawmill around the bend at the upper end of the road we lived on. There was a tidal creek surrounded by woods just before the bend. One afternoon, I had been exploring in the woods with my blonde lab sport. I wasn't supposed to leave the yard without an adult, much less at dusk, and it was quickly getting dark. When I came out of the woods and got onto the dirt road, sport stopped and turned around, facing the woods. Sport was loyal as he was fearless. He fought wild boar, porcupines, and other dogs. There was nothing or nobody he feared, but when he looked into the woods, he crouched down with the hair on his back, standing up. When he started growling, I looked at what had his attention. There were two large, glowing red eyes about ten feet off the ground, and they were looking right at me. Sport continued to growl as he began to creep backwards. When he turned and ran, I felt an overwhelming surge of fear. For Sport to run off and leave me in the face of danger was as foreign as the glowing red eyes staring at me. When I got home, the hell I caught from my mother and all the people who had been looking for me was what you would expect. Of course, nobody believed me when I told them what had happened. To this day, I can remember it like it was yesterday, and no, it wasn't a mountain lion, bear, raccoon, or possum. This was something I had never seen before or since, and I hope I never do. That's creepy. I wonder how far up 
off the ground they were. Well, you know what it makes me think it is? What? An owl in a tree. We, right. But I think owls in... Because, you know, when you shine lights at different animals, it's different colors. Like, their eyes are different yeah. colors. So, And they always say that Bigfoot is red. Well, they say owls are red, too. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's probably an owl. Yeah, I think that's what it is. But it didn't actually see anything, so... Yeah. Who knows? This is Rebecca's encounter. When I was 12, I lived with my parents in Salem, Oregon. We had a two-story house and my room was upstairs. I always slept with my window open. My bed was positioned against the wall so my feet were under the open window. One night I woke for no real reason and looked down at the window. I see this probably about two-foot-tall creature shaped like a small kangaroo with a gargoyle-like face sitting on my windowsill looking outward. (laughs) I slowly closed my eyes and laid my head back down thinking, this isn't real, it will be gone. I lifted my head again and opened my eyes and it was still there, but now it was looking at me. Black eyes, I was terrified and couldn't move. I closed my eyes again and laid there for a few seconds in total silence. When I opened my eyes the last time it was gone and my dog, who'd been in my room the whole time, was standing quietly staring out the window with his head resting on the sill right where the thing had been. I jumped up, closed my window, and never told anyone. Fast forward 20 years, I have a 17-year-old son who tells me that while we were living in Arizona and he was about 8, he saw a creature in his window that when he described it was the same thing I saw as a kid. He didn't freeze though. He got up to look at it when he got close to when he got close, it jumped off the windowsill and walked on two legs through the parking lot and disappeared behind cars. So I told him my story and we both get chills. What could it possibly be and is it following us? To this day, I don't leave my windows open. <laughs> if uh, 20 years later and your son sees the same thing, it's following Oh yeah, you. it's definitely following you. I mean, unless you live in the same place, which it didn't sound like. It didn't sound like it, no. No, because I was in Oregon and then Arizona. Arizona, yeah, yeah. It's following you. It might be a guardian. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, it didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, no, it was just looking out the window. Sitting there. And then looking at her. How cute. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's a new pet, and the and the dog didn't like exactly. That was another slip thing. out. Yeah, so the dog was calm. Yeah, I think it was good. <laughs> this is Scott's encounter. I had a situation about three months ago. I was driving home to Connecticut from Rhode Island about 1:30 a.m. There is a stretch about a half a mile long where there's a lake on both sides of the road. As I crossed over this stretch and got to the end, I saw what appeared to be a person the size of a child, maybe seven or eight, on the side of the road. Something seemed off. Why is a child out here alone at this time of night? I pulled over, got out, and walked over to the front of my car, about three feet from it, and said in a soft voice, Hello? Are you okay? This thing turns around and it has no face. Oh my god. Like a blank slate, except it had a mouth. It let out a light growl and then jumped into the lake. Oh, my God. I got out of there and have not driven that area in the dark since. What Uh, the fuck? That is terrifying. That is horrifying. What was it? I don't know. Oh, my God. Did it have a human body and, like, look like a kid? That's what he said. With no face. No face, just a mouth. Creepy. What the fuck? And he was obviously awake. Yeah, he's not driving. like he was dreaming, dreaming or something. He pulled over, got out, and was still concerned. Oh my god, no! Oh my god, no! And it growled at him. Eh. No, no, no. Rand's encounter. This happened to me about four years ago. Our house is built on the side of a hill and is three levels. There is a deck off our bedroom, and it is on top of a. F- it is on top of wait what the fuck and it is on the top floor which is the third level house is located at the base of the ozark mountains in arkansas sometimes when i can't sleep at night i like to go out and sit on the deck there is a cleared power line that runs through our property about 20 feet from the house rest of property is heavily treed no close neighbors 
I was sitting out there one night and it was very quiet, which is unusual. No frogs, crickets, etc. I didn't think anything of it and was just enjoying the beautiful night. Then I heard the sound of something panting like a dog coming up the power line. I went in the bedroom and grabbed my spotlight so I could see what it was. When I got back out, it was just to the side of the deck. I shined the light on it and it stopped and looked sideways, straight at the light. But it didn't seem too phased by it and turned and slowly trotted off. It looked like a dog, but was much taller than any dog I have ever seen. It had stringy black hair, was rough looking, spots missing, etc. Its tail curled up over its back. It had huge pointed ears with long tufts of hair on the top. Its mouth was much longer than any dog I know of. Its teeth were massive and looked like they didn't fit in its mouth. Kind of like a wild hog. I don't know what it was, but it was very strange. That is weird. That sounds like something from another dimension that happened across into ours or something. Yeah, it does. But didn't didn't he say, or she, whoever, that the balcony was on the third floor? I don't know. I don't and know. that it was comi- coming across the power line? Yeah. That didn't make any sense to me. Creepy. I don't know. Javi's Encounter. We come from a small town in South Texas named La Villa. In the 60s, most of the families would board up their homes and head to Michigan in the summer. The preteen to teenagers work alongside the parents in the fields. Each day, two different teen girls would get picked to watch the young ones. A day off from the hard work was always welcome. While this field was on the edge of the woods, as the girls were watching the kids, a huge hairy creature snatched one of the boys and ran into the woods. What? The girls screamed at the sight of this creature, and when the adults came to see what was going on, they told them of this creature. The men, about 30 of them, went into the woods to track it and find the boy. It was two days later when they finally found the boy. He was unharmed and seemed well nourished. Although he was only two years old, he could speak, and when asked who who took him, he replied, a big hairy man. The boy that was taken passed away about five years ago. Most of the parents have long since passed. I was born in 68, five years after this incident. So I grew up knowing this guy as he was nine years older than me. He never forgot the incident. He remembers being taken and being terrified by the creature. But that soon passed when the creature showed nothing but kindness to him. He told me he remembers being nursed by it and would take him to get water. He says the day he was found, it was still with him. When it heard the noise the men were making, it got up and left. He said it almost looked sad to leave him. Oh, that's a sweet female Bigfoot. Yes. She thought she got her baby. She totally did, and then she was sad. <laughs> they came back for him. <laughs> Damn it, I guess they like Damn it, that one. didn't work. <laughs> Try again. Aw. <laughs> okay, these are Keith's encounters. There's three of them. Okay. Encounter one. This was in 1998. My girlfriend and I went for a late night drive. She was 18. I was 21. I'm 47 now. We went for a drive past Loon Lake. It was a remote two-lane country road. It was around 1 a.m. I had my high beams on because the area has lots of deer. As we drive around a sharp corner, I see something big jump out of the tree line landing in the middle of the road. I slammed on my brakes, coming to a stop about 30 feet from what looked like a bear at first glance. It was on all fours. A couple seconds later, it stands up on two legs. From the side, it had long hair. You could see its muscles. It had to be seven feet plus tall. It had a wolf-like head, big pointed ears, a long snout. You could see its breath. Then it turned its head, looking at us then back at the trees across the road and back at us. Then it jumped from the middle of the road into the trees and was gone. I believe we seen a dogman, werewolf. I also think it was chasing a deer because it looked out of breath from running. I think it was trying to decide to either attack us or go after the deer. It didn't show any fear of us in my truck. It looked evil. I can't explain it any better than pure evil. This thing looked like it wanted to kill, and it looked intelligent. You could see it was thinking and making a choice, not like it was acting on instinct. That's creepy, and I think they did see a werewolf. 
something i don't know sounds like something from a movie yeah it does that's so crazy did they actually see that i don't know holy shit encounter two 15 years ago out smith river oregon in douglas county my grandfather and i went fishing rest in peace grandpa jim the upper smith a remote air the upper smith a remote place you can only see the river from small one-lane bridges. We pulled off the road at one of the small bridges. This stretch of the river is a good honey hole full of trout and bright red crawdads. This was in August. We got there about 8 a.m. We got our pole set up, then we hit the water. No sooner than we stepped into the water down river about 300 feet around the bend, we heard, we heard something big hit the water. Something ran in the water. <laughs> then we <laughs> Then we heard it crashing through the trees and brush going away from us. We both thought we spooked a bear or elk. No big deal. We see them all the time here. We went on. As we got to the spot, we heard everything. We found crawdads neatly pulled apart and some small rocks that looked like they were used to help smash the shell. Then we seen massive footprints in the sand soil. My grandfather had tape measure to see who got the biggest trout. The prints were 18 inches long. We also seen where it grabbed a small tree to help pull it up the bank. The moss on the tree was rubbed off where it grabbed it. We looked at each other, then continued to fish the creek. That was an amazing story. <laughs> <laughs> and very well written. Oh, yeah. And we've got Encounter 3 still. <laughs> I hope this one's Yay. <laughs> I had a job building logging roads. It was my turn to stay and fire watch for an hour after we shut down. After that was done, I decided to drive down river. I stopped at a bridge to see if I could spot any steel ahead. Any steel head. As I sat on the edge of the bridge eating my lunch and just enjoying the day, I started to hear tree knocks across the open field in the tree line. Then maybe five minutes later, I heard more tree knocks up on the steep hill side behind me. This, uh, this went on for a while. They were taking turns knocking. This hillside was so steep, no person could get down it without making a lot of noise and a few cuss words, lol. The knock on the hillside got closer and closer till it had to be less than 50 yards from me. I didn't have any protection, no gun, no bear spray. So at that point, I said in a loud, calm voice, Okay, guys, I'm leaving. You can have this spot. I got in my car and left. Maybe it was a couple people messing with me, but doubt it not on that, but doubt it not on that hillside. I didn't feel in danger, but I did get the hint I wasn't wanted there. That wasn't bad. That was Bigfoot, yeah, probably. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. This is Brian's Encounter. Back in the late 70s up to the mid-80s, a creature or something of the sort was seen on our reservation. How it started was a Sunday at a bar in town. A live band was playing and people were dancing. Because this town is a small place, everyone knew each other except this one guy. As a report stated, people were dancing. This man dressed in black with a long duster jacket was dancing with a young woman. The man was described as being handsome-looking and tall. Needless to say, at some point during a dance, a woman screamed out. This caused the band to stop playing and people stopped dancing. The woman, who shall remain unnamed, screamed, Look at his feet! He has hoofs for feet! At that point, this man, who was dressed in the black duster jacket, ran out the door of the tavern. People chased him out the door and attempted to chase him down the street. However, this guy was fast, extremely fast, and outran the people very and outran the people very easily. Well, the bar owner called the tribal police department and reported the incident. The officer that was on duty attempted to locate the subject with the black duster coat. The officer was unable to, unable to find the so-called individual. The officer did take statements from all the witnesses for a description. All the descriptions were the same. A tall, handsome man dressed in a long black duster jacket, and he had hoofs for feet. The witness also described how fast he could run. As time went on, reports of this man kept being re- reported. One was by 
the town's basketball court where kids were playing ball at night. An adult saw the man at the edge of the streetlight. The adult described the individual as a tall man dressed in a long duster jacket. The adult could not make out his face. For a number of years around this town, reports were called in with reports of this man or thing walking around town. Then one night, in late in August of 86, a call came in and the people reported a man walking on the highway dressed in a long duster-type jacket. That night, I was the officer. I responded to the milepost where the people had said they seen him. I traveled five miles north on the highway looking for the individual. I was unable to locate, so only a complaint complaint card was completed. It was that night dispatch told me of the goat man, as it became to be known as around the reservation. I spent 20 year, 28 years as an enforcement officer. I also learned that my sergeant conducted the official investigation of the goat man, I was not allowed to read the reports because the investigation was marked confidential. By doing so, only supervisor could read the file. I can say this was a real issue. My sergeant at the time advised me if any reports came in that all complaints were to be forwarded to him. Needless to say, I am glad I only had the single report. In my belief, this case was highly credible. Too many witnesses for it not to be factual. That's crazy if it's true. I've heard that story Absolutely, before. yeah. It's, it's almost like that's an urban legend. Yeah, it is. Anything. And because, I think it's because it was so long ago, and we've heard it so many times. Yeah. But maybe the devil just likes that town. Maybe. And he likes... Maybe, he likes dancing with the ladies. Yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> they chased him out. <laughs> I think they were rude. Yeah. <laughs> Brad's encounter. In 1987, I was 16 and camping with my dad, my two uncles, and my 10-year-old brother along the Trinity River about 75 to 80 miles southeast of Dallas. My uncle frequented the area and had many stories of encounters with what he called wild people down in the river bottom. Reclusive creatures with bodies covered in human-like hair He claimed to have seen all sizes of the creatures, some clearly aggressive adult males and others seemed more feminine or adolescent. I just sort of chalked it up to fanciful stories he told us kids to mess with us, as he is always the guy who took me snipe hunting when I was eight and left me to walk three miles back to the house because he thought it was funny. (laughs) That's right. That is until the camping trip we were on in the summer of 1987. We drove to the spot we would camp and got there about noon that day. I don't think I would go with him anywhere after that. <laughs> it was the fucking 80s. That shit yeah, happened. Yeah, that's true. We're like, eh, whatever. Just walk three miles. We'll be home later. <laughs> set up camp and launched the small John boat. We would run trot lines out of and went out to set and bait those lines along the riverbank. That evening, we had supper around the campfire and were getting ready to go check the lines just after dark. When out of the woods, a possum came walking through camp like we weren't even there. (laughs) Thinking that was odd, we kind of laughed it off. And no sooner had the possum gotten out of sight, a raccoon came walking through in a hurry from the same direction. Just behind the cars was a large wood pile we thought someone had put there from doing some clearing. And I thought maybe a coyote or something was chasing these animals from that pile and driving them through the camp. So I grabbed my little twenty-two I had for dispatching any large gars we might catch. Excuse me. What's a gar? I don't know. (laughs) Is it a camping thing? I think it's a fish. Oh. But I don't know. I went to investigate my younger brother in tow. Everyone else was at the campfire 30 to 40 feet from the cars. As I rounded the trunk of the cars, the wood pile came into view, maybe 15 to 20 feet on the other side of the cars. The campfire was throwing a flickering shadow on the car onto the wood pile, but it seemed there was something just on the other side. I couldn't quite make out a shape, but it was quite a bit bigger than a coyote. 
I stood there for a minute checking to see if what I was looking at was an animal or just a large stump buried on the pile, but it didn't move. My brother says to me, well, shoot, we'll... Oh, my brother says to me, well, shoot it if it moves. Wait. I well, think shoot, meant, uh, shoot it, see if it moves. Oh, okay. Well, shoot it. <laughs> well, shoot it, see if it moves. Okay. okay. <laughs> Even at 16, I knew not to fire a weapon at something that you aren't sure what it was. So I took a couple steps toward the brush pile. Suddenly, the creature stood up from a swatted position. <laughs> Squatted. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Its chest, shoulder, and head now above the brush pile in clear view. It was eight to nine feet tall. It had long, shaggy hair on its head and appeared... What? And appeared to have facial hair, but not so much I couldn't see its skin. The skin I could see was dark and had deep creases around the eyes and nose. Its eyes shone in the light of our fire with a light blue glow, almost like a deer's eyes do in headlights. As it stood up, it let out several loud grunts and jerked his body as if to ward us off. My brother took off screaming back to the fire, but I just stood there frozen. Suddenly, I heard my dad and uncle start coming toward me, yelling my name. And the thing in front of me turned and ran toward the river and let out a scream that I can only describe as shrill. Within a two to three, within two to three seconds, I heard a loud splash upriver in the direction. The creature ran, and shortly after I heard it come out and start crashing through the brush on the other side. Everyone heard what I heard that night, but only saw my brother and but only my brother and I saw it. It was not a man, and was certainly not my uncle, as he was behind me the whole time. And as we listened to it climb out of the river and move through the dense brush on the other side, everyone in our group was right there. We grabbed the boat, kicked and drowned out the fire and went home. We came back the next day in daylight to run the lines and collect them. We checked the shoreline too, but could not make out where the thing came out of the water. The brush pile upon closer inspection was hollowed out inside almost like a wigwam. It stunk of something like a skunk, but different inside. And my uncle said to me, see, I told you wild people live down here on this river. I'll never forget what I saw that night, and I have never camped and fished that river again either. That's crazy. It's Bigfoot. And eight to nine feet tall. Oh, yeah. That is insanely huge. I could see why you froze. Well, yeah. Definitely. It'd be terrifying. Um, okay, and this is my last one. This is Russell's Encounter. The location takes place in Livingston County, Michigan. My parents' house where I grew up hunting, I know it like the back of my hand. I've hunted there in the dark hundreds of times. I was 30 years of age and I woke up 4 a.m. to hit my deer stand nice and early. I like to sit in the stand for a good hour to give things time to settle down. I pulled in my parents' drive that sits at the front of the 20 acres, surrounded by hundreds of acres of state land. I pulled out back of the house and parked on the wood line. As soon as I got out of the car, it was dead silent. It was so quiet, when my heart started pounding, I could hear the blood in my ears pounding. As I started to put my camo on and got my bow set up, I can hear something in the dry leaves, maybe 50 or 60 yards, maybe closer. The leaves were so dry, it was impossible to sneak anywhere fast. I was one footing after the next, as slow and softly... As I walked down the wood line, I continued to hear this noise, yet it was way quieter now. I wouldn't hear anything, and then when I did, it was even closer. When I first heard it, I thought it was a deer or some other animal, but as I made it a hundred yards or so, I realized this thing was following me. Deer don't follow you. They run. I get to my parents' horse grazing pasture. It turns into a big horseshoe, so I'm walking in a field heading in the woods. As soon as I get past the horseshoe field, I hear I get to my parents' barn where a big floodlight is. For the moment, it gave me peace of mind. The wood line continues. I make it 20 yards or so into the pitch black woods now. The barn's floodlight was no longer any good to me. 
I couldn't see anything. I've been in these woods more times than I can count, and the feeling that something was there would not go away. I've hunted and killed most animals in North America. I don't get like this. I almost turned around and headed back to my car. I tell myself, quit being a bitch. What the hell am I doing sitting here? 30 years old, scared of the dark. (laughs) I'm like, fuck it. I'm 50 yards from my stand. I continue to walk and my blood ran cold when I heard a branch break and heard the biggest, loudest crunch and then another and another. It's walking right towards me. I can tell what things sound like in the woods, whether a squirrel or a deer. The the rhythm and the noise is tremendously different. It sounded like something on two feet was trying to be sneaky, but just like myself, I couldn't be quiet in the dry leaves. It was like every time I took a step, it would take a step at the same time. So I could hear it, but I couldn't. I thought I was losing my goddamn mind. I'm 30 yards from my stand now, and I'm holding my crossbow up in the shooting position facing the noise. I backed all the way up in the dark until I felt my foot peg on the tree on my back and almost shit myself. (laughs) I threw the sling around my shoulder, turned, and climbed faster than I ever have in my life. As I'm sitting in the dark for 10 minutes or so, listening to the blood in my ears every time my heart beat and I hear something coming from the other direction, quickly I realized there was just a flock of turkeys coming in. I was thinking... See, you bitch, scared of the dark for no reason. When they got to the bottom of my stand, there was a sudden stop. Then all hell breaks loose. A turkey is doing the death cackle, and the rest are flying up in the tree with me. (laughs) I was hit with wings from them flying up in the tree with me. There was a lot of noise, and it scared me so bad I almost fell out of the damn tree. When it settled, I was like, damn turkeys were trying to roost in my tree. (laughs) But then it started to get daylight, and at the bottom of my tree, there's a mass of feathers on the ground. I didn't think much of it, but then I got down a couple hours after sitting and noticed blood in the middle of the feathers. Something indeed was there. Something killed one of those turkeys, and they were flying up in the the tree with me to get away from whatever it was. But like I said, I never actually saw it. There's coyotes, but no wolves or mountain lions by me. Although a mountain lion from time to time does get a pick around here. The only thing that I think prevented me from getting attacked by whatever it was was because I didn't turn my back on it. Trust your gut. Gut instinct is what kept us alive in the caveman days. The characteristics of the animal not being afraid of me, following me. I only go hunting in the evening now where I know I have a little bit of light to get out of there. And that's all I got. That was Bigfoot again, I think. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. All right, I did some Glitch in the Matrix stories. Ooh, yay. First one, when I was about 17, my friend and I used to hang out at the mall religiously. But there was one day that we went that still sticks out in my mind years later. It was closer to the evening and the lights were half off, which we'd never seen before. But the mall was still opened as far as we could tell, although at least a third of the shops were closed and empty. We couldn't figure out why. There wasn't a holiday or anything else that we knew of. That was unusual, but not so strange as to have no plausible explanation. Maybe they had a power outage or they were doing electrical maintenance or something. Something about the atmosphere made it feel eerie, though. The dim lights, the setting sun, the familiar bright and bustling area now dark and quieter. But the part that struck us the most was the other people there. There weren't as many people around as usual, but almost everyone we encountered would watch us. Their eyes would follow us, and people openly stared expressionlessly at us. Not the typical glance at a person walking past. It was as if they had seemed surprised to see us there. Their eyes would trail us long past what considered socially appropriate. We both noticed immediately, and at first we felt like celebrities. We drank it in, thinking we must have looked really good that day. (laughs) But we weren't wearing anything special enough to garner this much attention. We kept catching, or we kept checking with each other, looking at our reflections, making sure we didn't have something on our face or something, otherwise attention drawing, and we didn't. Still, it continued. I remember we saw two parents with a young child in a stroller all watch us simultaneously as we walked by, and that was when we were both like, okay, this is getting weird. Why are people still looking at us? 
We tried to ignore it, but about 85% of the people we passed took notice of us. People of widely varying demographics, elderly people, children, other teens we didn't recognize, shop clerks and other customers when we would enter a store, people at other tables in the food court. We thought it may be because there were fewer shoppers around. We started trying to see if people were staring at us or staring at everyone as they passed by, but we didn't see a single person looking at anyone else like that. Instead, we'd catch people looking dead at us from like 40 feet away, ignoring other passersby. I remember people eating pretzels on a bench, stopping as they saw us, watching us as we approached, watching us as we walked by, looking over their shoulders to see when we see them watching us as we walked by, it started feeling like invasion of the body snatchers. It wasn't like there was open malice, annoyance, or intimidation exactly, but it wasn't like they were amused, attracted, or intrigued either. These weren't friendly glances. It was uncomfortable, and we didn't, or like we didn't belong somehow, and everyone knew it. We'd normally spend hours or even a whole day at the mall, but we barely lasted 45 minutes before we called my dad to pick us up again, to his surprise. And he noticed it too when we got there. We were super creeped out, but when we went back the next weekend, everything was normal and we never experienced anything like that again. That is creepy. It is creepy. What the fuck? I don't know. That's exactly what I was thinking, though. The body snatchers? Yeah. Invasion of the body snatchers? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounded like. That's creepy. Uh, next one, just a bit of background. No serious mental health problems other than my mild anxiety and depression. This morning I woke up for work, left a little earlier than usual because I woke up before my alarm. Filled my water bottle, grabbed my access card, got in my car and drove off. My, compu- my commute is the same every day. 40 minutes, it's mostly interstate. There's always traffic. While my car is warming up, I pick an album to listen to for my drive there. I usually make it about three-fourths of the way through the album before I get to work. Every day is a new album. So I did that. I drove to work, remember being cut off. I remember being in standstill traffic towards the exit. I remember the album I listened to. I even remember responding to a text using Siri. I remember seeing a type of car I'd never seen before in the U.S. I remember thinking, I'm I'm glad it's not a hot day today. I definitely drove. So I get to work. I pull in the same parking spot I take every day. I step out of my car and lo and behold, I'm still in front of my apartment building. 40 minutes later, almost done with the album I put on. What the fuck was I doing and where did I go? That's weird. Fuck yes, it's weird. Huh. Would you just like look down at your lap and then get out of your car and then you're in front of your house? Like you didn't move? Yeah. That's weird. (laughs) Fucking weird. (laughs) All right, next one. This is a relatively short story, but still creeps me out. Uh, I was working in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in a travel job where I would stay in hotels throughout the week and then travel home for the weekend. I got off at five per usual. And before I got on the PA turnpike, I stopped at a mom and pop style gas station to fuel up for the trip home. I got my gas, went in, paid for it, and headed for the turnpike. I drove for maybe two and a half hours before I decided to get off and get a quick bite and use the bathroom. I punched in my GPS, the nearest gas station, and headed to it. I swear to God, I pull into the exact same mom-and-pop gas station. I walk in, get a burger, and almost fell over. I was so freaked out. I finished up at the gas station, walked out to the truck, and my GPS reflected I was in the same spot. Those two and a half hours of driving completely erased as it was after seven. I should have been halfway home. The only logic I have is I fell asleep at the station, but surely someone would have woken me up if I was there that long. I remember the drive and the gas in my truck reflected I had been driving. It's my only ever glitch and it baffles me. Hmm. That's I so would weird. say maybe they did fall asleep and not necessarily, people wouldn't necessarily wake them up, but the gas? Yeah. That is creepy. Uh, this one doesn't have to do with me, but more with my mom. This happened on a Friday. I was walking home from school. 
Everyone knows the feeling. You're done with all the crap from the past week and ready for the weekend. Once I got home, I left my backpack on the couch. My mom had a shocked look on her face. I asked her what was wrong. I picked you up early for a dental appointment, but now you're here, she told me. I was not spooked, just a little confused. I gave her a hug and went to grab my backpack off the couch where I left it when I got home, but it wasn't there. Keep in mind, there was no one in the house but us. I asked my mom if she moved it, and she didn't. After looking for a while, I found it in the passenger seat of my mom's car. I felt confusion and shock at the same time. I walked home. There was no way I could it could have teleported to the car like that. I still have no idea how that happened. Hmm. Uh, this just happened to my fiancé and I are a little freaked out. He couldn't find his phone, and I offered to call him. When he found his phone, he answered on speaker, and I said and said hello while next to me. I answered with hello, too, but when we heard my voice coming from his phone, it was me clearly saying, hey. We looked at each other, and I ended the call. We couldn't come up with a rational explanation, which does not mean there isn't one. We just couldn't think of one. It made me feel like those scenes in horror movies where the character is standing in front of a mirror, and the reflection doesn't match their movements. Wait, what? So, he lost his phone... She called his phone, and she answered? No, he answered on speaker. They were standing right next to each other. I thought he lost his phone, though. Well, he found it. Oh. And he was like, he answered it. He was like, hello. And she was like, hello. But when her voice came through his phone, it was her saying, hey. Oh. Ew. I got chills. Yeah. I got goosebumps. Ew. It wasn't what she was saying. That's weird. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. I would die. <laughs> <laughs> Last spring, when my son was three years old, we drove by a big white church. This church is one that we passed often driving around town. It was also the place of his current preschool, but at the time, he attended a different preschool and had never stepped foot in or talked about the big white church. So we drove by one day, and he said, Oh, there's the church I ate cereal in. My husband and I looked at each other and said, What do you mean? We've never been there before. We asked some additional questions, but he didn't really answer. However, he was very adamant about being there and eating cereal. This happened during a very difficult time in our lives. My father-in-law was in hospice and dying of cancer. For weeks, we were back and forth to my in-law's house, this church being along the route. He said it a few more times and then never mentioned it again. Fast forward to today, he currently attends preschool at said church. He has been going since September, and we love it. It is Christian, though we aren't very religious. Anyway, we got the monthly newsletter, and it mentioned that next month is Pajama Day, where the kids wear pajamas and eat cereal. I told my son and he a and asked him if he remembered eating cereal there before, and he said no and had no recollection of saying that he did. There is an explanation to this, uh, but it still gives me chills when I think about it. That's weird. Yeah. Next one. One Saturday night several months ago, I attended a birthday party at my friend's house. There were about 40 people in attendance, split between the basement and the main floor. I didn't go to the basement even once because the music down there was extremely loud, which I hate, and most of my friends were on the main floor anyway. My best friend had given me a ride to the party, and we stayed together the whole night. A few days later, I ran into a distant friend of mine at school who had also been in attendance. He took out his phone and started showing me some of the photos he had taken that night. He got to one that showed him and a girl posing for the camera in the basement with me standing in the background, smiling and looking in the direction of the camera, but not quite at it. I obviously freaked out and told him I hadn't been in the basement. He told me he had seen me there for several minutes. He said that he tried to say hello, but I seemed distant and distracted. I called my best friend and she confirmed that I had been with her the entire night. I was not drunk or drugged. I drank nothing at all but a bottle of water that I brought with me. To this day, when I think about the picture, it scares the shit out of me. There must have been another me in the basement. Ugh. I don't like it. It's creepy. When I was little, my parents had a painting of a soldier in uniform. I could see it from my bed when the door was cracked. Several times I saw the man in the painting move his head and look at me. The scariest experience was after I begged my parents to get rid of the painting. 
My dad calmed me down and I started to drift to sleep. But I had that feeling where you are being watched. When I opened my eyes, I have never forgotten this, the soldier turned his head and smiled. The next day, my dad threw the painting away. Years later, my dad told me he had heard me moving around in my bed and was looking down the hall trying to decide if he should go check on me again. While glancing down the hallway, he saw the man in the painting turn his head and smile. <laughs> I got cre- I got chills. <laughs> That's so creepy. I don't like that. <laughs> uh, something weird is happening in our town and only my family seems to notice. The first thing we started noticing were duplicates. We would see someone somewhere only for them to inexplicably end up somewhere else. For example, my mother and I saw and chatted with an old friend at a grocery store. When we arrived home later, we saw on Facebook that this person was out of the country on vacation and had been for a few days. They have no memory of speaking to us either. I have taken phone calls that were duplicates of calls I had already taken with another person swearing we hadn't spoken yet. The scariest thing, though, has been the deaths. There have been four deaths in our community of very well-known and influential people, and every one of them has died twice. We hear about their deaths and see all the RIP posts on Facebook. We see the community fundraisers put on to raise money for funerals and even see the cars at the church or funeral homes only for these people to die a week or two later with all the RIP posts and fundraisers happening again. Only our family seems to notice these things happening. My mother and siblings and my two kids. We don't know what is happening and it's starting to scare us. That's weird. It is so weird. It's like the whole town is doppelganger shit. I'd move. (laughs) Yeah. Next one, this was circa 2002. I was about eight. Me, my dad, and stepmom at the time were on our way from California to Tennessee by plane. Once we landed, we got out of the plane and waited for my dad to turn on his phone to call my aunt, who was waiting for us at the airport. We wait a couple of minutes, and my dad has a ton of missed calls from my aunt freaking out about where we are. He called her back and she's asking us where we've been and says that they've been waiting two and a half hours for us. We were pretty confused because our flight got there in a normal amount of time without delays, but we somehow lost two and a half hours of our time, time change from California to Tennessee aside. Once we met up with them down at baggage, our carousel was completely empty of luggage and other passengers. We had to go pick up our baggage somewhere else because they had been unclaimed for too long. Still, we don't know what happened or how we lost this much time. Felt very weird and surreal for the rest of the night. Hmm. That's weird. That is. Next one. Before making an offer on our house, my husband and I went for a viewing with our three-year-old daughter, whom we'd left with a babysitter the first time we saw the house. As we walked in, I told her she could choose a bedroom. She said, I want the dinosaur room, and ran upstairs. Okay, three-year-olds say random stuff. A moment later, she calls out, here it is. And sure enough, the closet of her bedroom was covered in dinosaur stickers. My husband, realtor, and I all freaked out. The kid acted like she knew the stickers were there, but none of us remembered seeing them before, and we certainly hadn't talked about them. The house was vacant and immaculately clean. It was an estate sale. We left the stickers up. Hmm. That's weird. Did she have a dream about it or something? I don't know. Sounds like they were supposed to live in that house, though. Yeah. And this is my last one. I went to do laundry around 2 a.m. with my oldest son. After we put the laundry in, we went to McDonald's drive-thru to get something to drink. The drive-thru was packed with about five or six cars ahead of us. I noticed none of the cars were moving forward, and it had been like five minutes already waiting. So I decided to go around the car in front of me to the next drive through lane. As I'm pulling around them, I look in their car to see why they're not moving, and I kid you not, both people, driver and passenger, looked dead. Heads tilted all the way back, eyes shut, not moving, dead. I freaked out and tried to pull out of the drive-thru entirely, going around the other cars to get out of there, and the next car I passed, all the passengers also looked dead. Heads tilted back, eyes shut. I panicked, thinking maybe they were all shot or someone killed them all, 
So I fucking hit the gas and got the fuck out of there. My son called 911 and told them what happened, and they sent an officer to check. A few minutes later, a cop called us back and said everything was fine at the McDonald's. Mind you, my son saw it too. We both saw the car in front of us. The people looked dead. This shit was terrifying. Literally looked like one of those rapture movies or the end of the world type shit. Needless to say, I can't wrap my head around why we saw what we saw or what we saw. I'm still scared over it. I wonder if it was someone playing a joke. Every car, though? There was only two, right? No, they said the car was packed. There was like five or six cars in front of them. Oh. And like all of them. They looked dead. That's weird. That would be hilarious if it was I a know. Prank, <laughs> I just, I was thinking, because I thought there was only two cars, and oh. I thought maybe they they were, like, knew each other. Yeah. And they're like, let's play a prank. That would be funny. But, <laughs> and the cop got there, they're like, no, what are you talking about? I don't know what they're talking about. We're fine. <laughs> All right, it's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up. I did funny tweets. When my daughter gets mad, she says, ocean, instead of, oh, shit, and I'm fine with it. (laughs) That is hilarious. (laughs) My kid keeps asking why we don't decorate outside for Halloween, and I'm tempted to buy a bunch of poster board and just write the scariest things I can think of on it. Like, daycare is calling you at work right before a big presentation, (laughs) or check engine light comes on. People would love that. That would be funny. They would, would. They should do that. Out. Yeah. My daughter decided that she wanted to contribute to tailgating, so she made peanut butter spoons. What are peanut butter spoons, you ask? Just spoons with peanut butter on them. They were a big hit. <laughs> That's great. It's better than <laughs> peanut butter fingers. There are those kids who are sad to learn beef comes from cows. Then there's my daughter, who wants to know why we don't call cows beef. That's a good question. It is a good question. Well, they're only beef when they're dead, I guess. Call dead cows beef. (laughs) (laughs) Currently, our only Halloween decor is a pair of homemade jack-o'-lanterns. We walked past a neighbor's yard, decked out for the holiday, and I said, Look at the cute little ghost. I like that, my three-year-old said cheerfully, and I like the whittle ghost we have at our house, too. Um, what? Um, that's creepy. That is very creepy. I love it. <laughs> Sorry you got your kid all excited about a hayride, and two minutes in, they ask if this was all it was. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kids. <laughs> Wrote something about a toddler having a tantrum at a store, and a mom commented that toddlers shouldn't have to endure trips to a store, and that if moms made it fun and engaging, tantrums wouldn't happen. I can only assume that this mom's kids are imaginary. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I don't think that's a mother at all. No, they have no clue. Joke to my kid that he ate too many Skittles and I wouldn't buy him any for 10 years. And he responded with, oh, so I can't have them again until you're 50 and now we're both mad. <laughs> what a, oh my God. Punk? <laughs> Damn kids. Uh, little smart asses. My three-year-old doesn't understand the concept of Halloween decorations and keeps dragging our skeletons inside to play with them. I told him it didn't make sense to have Halloween decorations inside because nobody can see them. And he said, extremely seriously, they're part of our family. Oh, shit. And yeah, they can see them. That's why you decorate for the kids. That's right. My kid wants a yes day, so I said, let's have one starting now, and her eyes lit up, and then I said, go clean your room, and that's when she figured out where she made her mistake. (laughs) How smart is she? She didn't realize that it went both ways. (laughs) She's like, oh, wait a minute, no, that's not how this is played. Oh, yes, it is. A kid's version of the Saw movie, but they can only escape by eating a sandwich with the crusts on. Oh, shit. Nobody would get out. (laughs) 
As further evidence that COVID has caused Gen Z to challenge traditional concepts of social interaction, my 11-year-old daughter randomly asked me this morning, how is bobbing for apples even sanitary? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's not that's a bad That's true. Thing. Yeah. That's... <laughs> do they even still do that? I think it's just no way. I don't think they still do that. And that is the worst game ever. It it was. I you never drown yourself. Yes. To get an apple. Yes. I did. I don't. I don't think I ever did it. I don't think I ever did either. I would drown. I would look at it and I'm like, uh, no, thank you. Yeah. I, and I would always have Halloween makeup on. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. It's stupid. It is. <laughs> My four year old just asked for corn off the bone. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> I met a toddler yesterday that had been carrying around a chicken nugget for two hours, including through a nap. I get it, girl. We all need an emotional support nugget. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Me answering my child's question at 9 a.m. Venus is the hottest planet because of its proximity to the sun and its thick atmosphere comprised of gases like CO2. Me answering my kid's question at 9 p.m. Go to bed. <laughs> Ruin your teenager's day by trying to make it a fun day for them. Of course you're going to ruin their day. Of course. doesn't matter what you do. Exactly. Some parents are blessed with amazing kids, and others have kids that decide to learn the trumpet. (laughs) My body during this last week of pregnancy is like a car with every light flashing on the dash and flames pouring from the hood while there is a rabid family of raccoons in the trunk. (laughs) That is a hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) Me. Good morning, seven-year-old. One way to keep a rapper from stealing your jewelry is to fill your house with TNT, and when he breaks in to blow it all up. Oh, but then your jewelry and house blow up. Never mind, that plan won't work. Can I have a waffle? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My seven-year-old has captured Monday energy perfectly. Today she woke up and said, Mommy, do you ever wake up and want to say bad words? (laughs) All the time, baby girl. All the time. Yeah, just wait. And my last one, I steam cleaned my kitchen and my two-year-old immediately dumped his fruit cup on the floor and licked it up. Oh! He really put to the test clean enough to eat off the floor. (laughs) And now it's messy again. (laughs) And that's all I got. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Send in your stories. We need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.